0: Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. Well, we are still in lockdown, but that just means I've got more episodes for you, uh, talking to my lovely, lovely artists. And this week is no exception. I'm going to be catching up with Monica Duarte, who is a return guest, and also interviewing Chris. Christopher Mike who is an incredibly talented painter and he talks about plein air painting so you are in for a real treat. I'm keeping the intro snappy because I want to get straight into these interviews. So my first interview is with return guest Monica Alxaduarte. She is an artist who works with space agencies around the world on incredible projects and coronavirus has kind of added an additional poignance to her work and it was just fantastic to catch up with her. She is so lovely, enjoy. I'm here with Monica Alcazado. Um, um, how are you Monica?
1: Oh my god, yeah. Um, um, I think after the initial shock um, yeah. we were actually planning to go to French Guiana, to the European Space Agency um, for a trip that took about six months to prepare. And so I was going to be there for about a month, documenting two different space launches, which was really exciting. But you know, I mean, not everything is bad. I've been nominated for a fellowship with National Geographic, and that was a big application. What will the fellowship be for? That's very exciting. Well, the fellowship would be to kind of investigate, well, not to investigate um, on the the current uh, efforts to mine the Moon. This is, uh, we are talking about alternative resources of energy or sources of energy. And I know it sounds like a sci-fi thing, but it is happening in the backdrop of all this. And so it is interesting for me to kind of be trying to be grounded, because I think what is happening today grounds us all and make us think of Earth in such a different way. Yeah,
0: which is what we were talking about when we last spoke, because... um, you mentioned that because obviously Monica's project just as a refresher she was looking at um, a place in Mars in America where they were um kind of building rovers and things to to kind of put on Mars and she was saying it offered a kind of reflection on what our planet is and how fragile it is and how lucky we have it here that we have this one-off kind of planet location and we don't know if we can survive anywhere else and and we should treat our planet with the respect that uh, it deserves as being the only habitat that we currently can live in.
1: One of the things that I'm, I'm really interested in focusing with this space exploration project is kind of reflecting it also towards outside of the earth, you know, the atmos the atmosphere of the earth and that how how that's not something that exists outside, but is surrounding the planet and the importance of focusing on what's happening there. Um, so one of the things that I'm studying are the creation of these artificial constellations which is, um, they're called mega constellations. And basically what this is, is like satellites, little satellites that are being launched, land to be launched throughout 2020, 2021. And this has started in December last year with Elon Musk launching about 60 of them. And then again in May, he's going to launch another 60 of them. And I think he's planning to have like about 1200 satellites on the on, on the on the lower earth orbit. Again, in the backdrop of all of these, um, in the middle of this ironic sense of being interconnected and being so unaware of the interconnectedness in which we live, at the same time, there's something quite poignant of having these other companies launching all these satellites outside of Earth with the obsession of connecting us all and bringing internet worldwide, because that's the basic um, premise of sending so many uh, satellites of that. So that's what I'm interested in doing with the next phase of the project, as well as Mining the Moon. And it's all about resources, but it's also about kind of refocusing it within the, the times that we're living in, in which I think there's going to be a, a major cultural shift, a major shift on the understanding of, of our relationship. Not, not only towards the Earth, but towards each other, towards economies, towards how much we actually are in it together. The fellowship, if I get it, it will be helping me to do both researches. Can also, I ask
0: the mining of the moon, what are people trying to find?
1: <laughs> I've spoken with several scientists about it and I haven't been it down to something that makes complete sense in my head yet. One of it is water, The sources of water. In the, in the poles of the moon, it seems that there is ice. And that means that if they have access to these ice, there will be access to water thinking of the coming crisis on water resources on the earth that might be of some interest um, speaking with another scientist he mentioned helium3 I think is the name of the element if I remember properly and this is um, nuclear energy but because of the way the moon exists, this nuclear energy is not as dangerous as we have it on earth the big question would be once you bring it to earth does it then become dangerous is it because Yeah. But with all this, with the COVID, I mean, it's so evident that
0: we really know almost close to nothing. Obviously, you've had your projects shut down, as every artist is struggling right now. Projects are being kind of cold, left, right and centre. What are you doing to sort of keep your head in the game, stay creative?
1: And then I'm doing research on the space thing. I'm doing research on the algorithm thing um let me show you can i turn around my yeah 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 i'm also cool. doing some live drawing oh very inside.
0: good I'm not <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> I'm use pen, is that pencil yeah that's pencil that's like these Ah, oh, okay okay got it yeah
1: yeah yeah amazing um, these ones are very basic they're very kind of initial tests but the whole idea is to continue with ongoing projects, just to pushing ongoing projects to keep on going, I think, and then have them ready for when we, when this kind of gets over and we can well, go that's, out. That's back I, think on, yeah. <laughs> I think I mentioned to you, I'm volunteering with a small charity that helps isolated elderly uh, people. And so, what I'm doing is from home I'm just calling them once a week, um, a couple of them, just to check how they're doing, just to chat about the weather, chat about the, the, everything if they need help. <laughs> So the organization is called All Change. They're based on East, in Islington. Yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, that. I think that was one of the first things that I thought. It was like feeling inside with everything stopped. I suddenly felt like, I, I need to do something, but I would, yeah, I would suggest any kind of local community group.
0: Hey, thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been a delight as as I knew it would be. Um, and I wasn't disappointed that you're doing so many wonderful things. You've got so many projects going on. You're helping people at the same time. Um, you are just, you are the best. Thank you so much for
1: reaching out and contacting me because this is the community, you know? It's been such a pleasure
0: see I told you she was interesting and she had so much to say on what's going on right now in the situation and how that fits into her research work as well. My second interview is with artist Christopher Mike who speaks about his lockdown experience and painting plein air which is a term you may or may not have heard me talk about in regards to the impressionist era but if you've been thinking about heading outside for your first painting adventure during lockdown and haven't done it yet then I truly believe this might make you this might make you go this might be the thing that It, um, but I will let Christopher explain the basics. So I'm here with artist Christopher Mike on Zoom. Hi Chris, how are you?
2: Very well Anna, lovely to see
0: you. Lovely to see you too, thanks for chatting with me. Um, Obviously I've been changing the format a little bit. I'm talking to artists about um, their work, but also what they're doing during Corona to stay sane and stay creative. So we're gonna talk about those things in a bit, but I think it's a good place to start if you explain to the listeners what your creative practice is.
2: So my creative practice is, it's a figurative practice. I concentrate mainly on landscapes and seascapes, but also townscapes and occasionally portraiture. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of it is representative and it's something I've done since I was a child.
0: Oh, oh yeah, that was going to be my next question. How how did you, so, so you work in oils, is that right, predominantly?
2: Yes, I work, yeah, in fact exclusively in oils today, as well as... When I sketch, I use charcoal and watercolor occasionally, but for the most part, it's oils. And would you describe
0: your work as because it has a kind of impressionist feel to it? I, I might be so bold as to say, but how, how would you describe your style?
2: So we all we all develop our own style. Um, I think one of the biggest influences for me was on a school trip, aged about fourteen or fifteen, to Tate Britain, and it was the first time I saw Turner's work
0: yeah turners is amazing
2: absolutely cool. blew me away he was so far ahead of his time mm-hmm. to me he was the first impressionist mm-hmm. and all of the impressionists followed his lead he was a real grand so turner and then all the all the way through the french impressionists uh, I i found that atmospheric that romantic way of painting painting a feeling Mm. of a time and place that really resonates with me and so that is what I try to do in my own work is to not stick too closely to accuracy in terms of what I see but more about how it makes me feel
0: absolutely anyone that has um well anyone that knows me as an artist knows me as a person knows I have a uh, an incredible fondness for the Impressionists. I love them, in fact, I can't get enough Impressionist work. I was introduced to art very young, as I'm sure you were, and the Impressionists were what got me into art. So yeah, I can really I can really relate to that. How did you become an artist And You were 15, you were on the school trip, but you've probably been painting way before that, I imagine.
2: Well, my recollection of school days is that um, in the average class of, let's say, I don't know, 20 children, Probably five were interested in actually being there in the art class. The rest were causing uh, havoc. And it was down to the teacher to try and police the 15 that didn't really want to be there. Yeah. The five of us that did want to be there were, were often left to our own devices. Yeah. So most of us ended up really being self-taught with encouragement from our, from our teachers. Mm. Um, and... I did go to art college, I did a foundation course which um, I found extremely difficult. I was told that I should forget everything that I'd learned at school, I should forget all about figurative painting, and I just, I, I find it very difficult to accommodate the very limited outlook of a foundation course back in the day. Mm. And so for many years I walked away and didn't paint at all and it was only in events later in life That brought me back to it Speak I speak today to so many people that had similar experiences, but most of them never go back to painting Mm. And the message I would send out to all of those people is never give up always go back to it. It's never too late do a short course somewhere um, and it's, it's like riding a bike. You may not have ridden a bike for 20 years, but you still know how to do it and you'll still enjoy it when you do.
0: I love that, I'm glad you said that because I think having confidence is one of the major components to being an artist because you, it's hard to take yourself seriously and it's hard to um, to kind of believe in yourself because for obvious reasons, I guess. So I'm really glad that you said that. And, and how long have you been professionally painting since you got back into it then?
2: oh. Less than five years. Oh, really? I
0: didn't know
2: that. Yeah, yeah, it was a very new thing for me. And I meet people every day who say, I know nothing about art. And I say, yes, you do. You know what you like. Don't be told by a self-established intellectual elite that says they are the only ones that know about art. Utter nonsense. You do.
0: Mm, I would totally agree with that. Let's talk a bit more about your practice. I want to know how you uh, decide on what you're going to paint because you do, as I've seen your studio, I've seen a range of different things. I've seen the most beautiful uh, seascapes. You do amazing skies and sunsets and clouds and you also do people. So how, how do you decide on what you're going to do when you get into it?
2: Well, professionally, I should tell you that I have a plan, that it's all very carefully thought out in advance. I know exactly what I'm going to do.
0: Not necessarily.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's precisely what doesn't happen. So the only thing that I I can tell you is that I pick up my brushes. Um, I decide what I'm going to do. I suppose the nearest thing I get to planning is I will get in the car. I will put my um, easel in, in the back of the car and I'll drive to a location. Mm-hmm. So the starting point for most of my work is in situ out in the open. I try and pick days when there is likely to be bright weather, so the stronger shadows uh, and brighter lights. And I rarely, but occasionally, do complete a finished work in situ. More often, I produce a number of small works. They become my notes. I then come back to a studio, and a combination of the oil sketches that I've done, maybe some watercolour sketches, my pencil notes, and my memories all serve me to produce then a bigger piece, which is pulled together from all of those component parts.
0: I was just going to say that's very Turner-esque of you. I, I'm pretty sure that, um, and I'm very impressionist thing as well, to, to paint plein air, as it's called, um, or to do studies in plein air, and then go to the studio and really fill in the gaps uh, yeah. using your imagination and what you've seen in real life. But I don't think many artists paint plein air anymore, so it's really lovely to talk to somebody that authentically does. I think a lot of people think that artists paint outside, but do you find that practically it could be a bit tricky or is it is it kind of the ele- being in the elements that you enjoy?
2: Um, there are times when I have not enjoyed being in the elements. But, Especially in the UK. You know, in, in, in February, in, in, in the teeth of a gale, having to weigh my easel down with rocks, there are moments where I think, am I utterly insane? <laughs> um, and, I've had oil paintings which have been blown off the easel into the sand. And actually, there's something quite nice about an oil painting that has the texture of Mm -hmm. real sand still in the oil. Uh, It gives a real authenticity, as does the flies that are stuck into the paint film, which you have to remove later on. What what Painting air does is it forces you to really see what goes on not what you think goes on, but what really does happen. And there will never be two moments that are the same. The same subject will never be lit in that particular way twice. And to me, it's all about trying to capture that moment, the way that the light bounces off the sea or casts a shadow under a tree, or the way the clouds are, the clouds are unique in that particular moment, or where there's a pool of light, Somewhere on the land, capturing all of those things as accurately as one can serves enormously well when, when I come back to the studio. And very often, what you think is there is different to what is actually there. And um, if you stand out in the open and actually record things, it's amazing what you pick up. The things that you didn't know existed are really there. And painting plan air gives you the chance to do that. It's a great discipline. It is hard work. A lot of people think they can't do it. Of course, you can. You just have to apply yourself to the task, mm. as with most things in life.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, how long, ideally, do you spend outside when you've got a good day? Can you, are you there for hours? You do, do you do start to finish if you can make that work?
2: So the sun moves. Um, and it moves through 15 degrees every hour so I try and finish a painting in less than an hour Mm. which means painting quickly normally on small canvases or small panels because if you go for any longer than 45 minutes to an hour the sun has moved and everything has changed so I paint very quickly and painting quickly forces you to be quite expressionistic in the way that you paint Mm. Instead of getting caught up in the tiny details, you have to paint in a fairly detailed way. And that forces emotion and energy into what you're painting. If the subject matter is also um, highly energetic, for example, waves, the sea, a windy day, all of those things come together to make a very lively painting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited by this plein air thing. This is this is an element that I didn't know. Um, I I assumed you would go out and take photographs and things like that, but I I didn't know um, how, quite how authentic um, your plein air practices are. So I'm I have some follow up questions. If someone was going to, if someone's hear, hearing this on the radio and they're like, God, I always wanted to do that. I don't know where to start. What would be your advice? What would do you think is the kind of the basic kit for trying to paint plein air?
2: Well, I'll answer it in two ways, Anna. Um, the first is to say that you, um, to paint plein air, I would start with watercolors because it's it's the, the easiest thing to cart around and most people can handle watercolors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd start with a sketchbook, so, um, uh, one of those watercolor pads, uh, the blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a pencil, take, take a basic set of watercolors and some water and just draw... however you would normally paint with watercolors, start with a sketch, or maybe just go straight in with with the watercolors, and and sketch freely and loosely with the watercolors. From there, I'd build up to painting with an easel, with oil paints. Ideally, go with someone that's done it before.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea, yeah.
2: It is, Anna, because I'm going to suggest, because I happen to have a second easel, and your studio is not very far away from mine, I'm going to invite (laughs) you, to come out for an afternoon with me when this is all over we're going to go and paint together
0: well now you're making me commit on the radio <laughs> all right I'm in I'm in I've actually I've, I have painted outside before but I often find that I I get very distracted very easily and so I find you know people coming up to you flies I've, I've definitely knocked work into the sand and into the grass and had many experiences like that, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe I just need to bite the bullet and go back out and do it with a professional.
2: <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's do it, Anna.
0: I would love that. Well, I like that advice as well because I think you're right about watercolor. I think there's something less intimidating about watercolors. Always a good place to start before you kind of graduate into oil yeah. color and, and acrylic. I guess also is a good intermediate because it doesn't take as long to dry.
2: That's right. That's right. Painting in acrylics, you can do it. But it's far less forgiving mm. uh, than painting with oils yeah. um, and painting with watercolor well it's, it's just easier generally mm. and you can paint lots of different paintings very quickly with with watercolors
0: yeah absolutely it's just an
2: extension of sketching uh, outdoors yeah. but with color yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it i um I haven't haven't done watercolour in a long time. My mum is incredibly talented at watercolour. She always used to tell me it's about what you don't do rather than what you do do, like in terms of leaving gaps in the light and things like that, which has always fascinated me. Um, All right, let's talk about this corona situation then. Obviously, we're all stuck at home. All us creatives are probably struggling a little bit, staying creative and staying sane. So what have you been up to in these past few weeks? So...
2: The first few days, I did the same as everybody else. I watched quite a lot of Netflix, drank too much, ate too much. (laughs) Uh, um, Because I'm a plein air painter, I'm accustomed to the idea of painting in situ. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I have a balcony. And so what I have been doing is painting the view from my balcony in different directions at different times of day, every day for the last few days. And I'm building up a small body of work, which um, they're all quick sketches, Mm. but it's actually very entertaining for me. Plus, it's forced me to go back to some of the basic disciplines. When you're painting that that fast, that frequently, every day, you cannot help but improve your game. Mm. So I would say to anybody, whether they are people who uh, paint or draw, um, they should they should pick up a even if it's just a case of picking up a pencil and a piece of paper, just draw what you see, mm. go back to basics. most people at some stage have, have done life drawing. most of us are um, quarantined if if that's the right word <laughs> with friends and family
0: yeah
2: um, they they are going to get pretty bored, so it's a good time to go back and start. Uh, go back to basics and I spoken to a number of people who have been using this time um, to not have the distractions of work mm-hmm. having to travel to go right back to basics and do the things that they haven't done for a long time
0: we've been given the gift of time I think um, especially yeah. as creatives when we're on deadlines a lot of the time and there's a gallery wants this work by this point and we're doing an exhibition so we're churning out work and it's quite nice to have been forced to slow down, I think, um, and I think that's a great idea. There are so many things you can draw in the home as well, and and you know, changing times of day. I, I like to paint the weather as well, which is you know something that we've yeah. spoken about, and I think that's a great idea. What is the weather doing each day? Because it is, as my mum always said, an ever-changing painting. The sky, like it's always different. It's never the same. So I love that advice. And what do you hope that people will take when they experience your work? It, it Do you hope they'll get a feel of what it was like for you to paint at the time?
2: Um, So I don't set out to have any particular, um, particularly important message or statement in my work. There is no greater underlying meaning. I would like people to look at my paintings and find them interesting, Mm -hmm. to find them stimulating. when I compose a painting, I try to compose it. I try to pick what I, an aspect of what I see, which I think is particularly interesting, mm. and they can very often be mundane things. So at the moment, I've been painting tower blocks at different times of day and the shadows that they cast and the way that the sun reflects off the windows at different times of day. I'm very fortunate that I look out on, onto the River Thames, so I have the movement of the river and the changing light of, of day. So, you know I, I live in East London. It's it's not the most beautiful scene, but I have um, the city in the distance. I have the Shard. Mm. I've managed to produce a few paintings, which are not that different from some of the paintings I was producing in Venice a few years ago, mm-hmm. but I've got the London Shard in, instead of San Giorgio. Um, so, yeah. it's... It's, it's made me realise how beautiful a city we live in, in London, and how beautiful Britain is, generally. We just have to stop and look at it. So maybe that's the message I'd like people to pick up, is you don't have to travel to far off parts of the world to produce interesting subject matters. They're all around us
0: i think that's a perfect message and a perfect way to um, to finish off my my final question is where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing and where they can see your work buy your work
2: yeah certainly well um my website is christophermike.com so you can certainly see it there um i am christo.mike on instagram Mm -hmm. i had just opened a three-month solo exhibition
1: at MoMA,
2: in Wales. (laughs) Um, I opened it on Saturday the 7th, and it was closed four days later. Mm. Uh, So sadly, that big exhibition is still where it is. Mm. Alongside, in the next gallery, there's a a major exhibition of impressionistic work, including works by Monet and Camille Pissarro. It's the only time I'm going to be shown alongside people (laughs) like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, cool. but we'll start
2: again. Mm-hmm. So after this, we'll I think we're we'll all being to our own Renaissance period as we come <laughs> out of this and start once again.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah. well, totally agree with you. I hope it, it does a lot to improve us uh, as people. I hope we have a lot of love and compassion for each other and the planet we live in when we are all out of this situation. Um, Chris, thank you so much for talking to me today.
2: A great pleasure, Anna and all of your listeners have now heard you commit on air, <laughs> on
0: air. Oh dear <laughs> Thank you
2: so much well done. Take care Anna.
0: If that doesn't make you want to go outside and paint for just for the hell of it, then I don't know what will. Gu- Watercolours go out. Acrylics, if you can find them. Apparently there's a shortage, but um, yeah, just do something creative. I guarantee that it will lift your spirits, even if it's rubbish. Just maybe don't show anyone. <laughs> that is all we've got time for this afternoon, unfortunately. Thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. To contact the show, visit Anna Gammons Art on Instagram where you can send me a message, and I want to take this time again to remind everyone to stay at home stay safe protect our nhs and sending a huge big thank you out to those nhs workers and all of the essential workers for keeping us safe and keeping this country moving at a scary time so thank you thank you so much and see you next week at 3 30 on residence 104.4 fm